Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Live Mike. I got some uh, some updates from the Utah Department of Health. I'll share those with you uh, in just a moment. But first, uh, we've got to have a conversation I'm very much looking forward to. Uh, Dave Cauley, as you know, the host of the Cold Podcast, which has uh, just taken a, an incredibly deep dive into the Susan Powell story, an incredibly successful podcast. Uh, and, you know, just when you think that the whole story has been told, uh, Dave is able to uncover uh, some new information. In fact, he's gotten access to transcripts of phone calls that the Powell family made to each other. Uh, they were wiretapped uh, by the police. And uh, this is a hard sell to download the cold podcast. Uh, you can get that at the KSL News Radio app, powered by Any Hour Services. The bonus episode, uh, which includes a you know a full description of these wiretaps, uh, it's available today. Dave, thanks for being part of the program today. Hey, thank you, Lee. I appreciate it. Yeah, this is this is pretty crazy. Uh, you know, what we hear in these wiretaps are some uh, pretty revealing conversations. In part, uh, conversations with reporters. And so anybody who saw our show on uh, KSL 5 TV last night saw me uh, surprising Paul Nelson. Paul was actually one of the few people to ever have an interview with Josh Powell. You know, Nate Carlisle from the Salt Lake Tribune had one and and, uh, you know, Josh did Dateline and things. But in the summer of 2011, you know, Josh was starting to open up and he was talking to the media more. And uh, West Valley police were out. uh, They did big public search out in Ely, Nevada, and, uh, of course, Paul gets Josh on the phone. I actually thought that they were going to be looking in hotels, apartments, you know, things like that. That's what I was hoping they'd be looking for, for people, frankly, for Susan. And so it's been nine years since this phone call, and this week I actually had the opportunity to hand Paul a readout of that, uh, which included the stuff that Josh had said, before Paul started recording, the stuff that never made the air. Where, where was this from? Is this the transcript of the phone call? Where do you think it came from? Um, it, I'm, I can only think it was a, a transcript of the phone call. It is. Did it come from his phone? Were you aware that anybody else was listening in on that phone call? I did not. Would it uh, shock you to know that West Valley City Police were monitoring your phone call. <laughs> that does not shock me at all. I, I quite literally have chills. I, I understand <laughs> what it means to be in this business, and I have made an, a number of phone calls to some bad actors over the years, and uh, that's pretty stunning uh, and, and pretty theatrical, the way you presented that to him. That's what? pretty good. Well, I'm going to one-up that here, actually, Lee, because I need to hand you uh, uh, something here on oh! the air. A little, a little live action. So I'm going to violate wow. social distancing. Oh, my. What is this? Go ahead and take a look at that. Oh, my. And uh, 
and realize that you yourself were also caught on a police wiretap. Oh, my gosh. This is astounding. So this would have been, again, 2011. You were uh, working here at KSL, and you, according to these transcripts, reached out to speak to Steve Powell regarding some of the developments that were going on. And uh, Oh, my gosh. Is this, is this, this is the text of the exchange? It is. Wow. So uh, obviously, I mean, we have limited time here, so sure. I won't ask you to do a complete read of that. But me, uh, Here, I'll, uh, w- which page should I start with? Uh, go for the longer one, because that's, that's what you were on the record. I will say, if you're wiretapping me today, you spelled my name wrong. It's L-O-N-S-B-E-R-R-Y. <laughs> uh, wow, this is, this is stunning. Uh, this comes from uh, 8-19-2011. Uh, Lee to Steve Powell. Lee asks, what are Steve's impressions of new lead? Steve doesn't know what to think. States they never thought Susan is dead to begin with. States that they don't know what Susan has done other than desert her family. Discusses how U.S. Marshals visited the Powell's home. And Steve asked Gary, an agent, why U.S. Marshals are interested in in Susan. Steve speculates that possibly Susan had done something illegal at Wells Fargo. Discusses his, Steve's theory regarding uh, an individual and possible connection to Susan. Uh, I wow yeah yeah <laughs> I ask about journals and their content. Uh, Steve talks about how Susan wrote about a girlfriend who wandered around Seattle, uh, just being a free person. Th- yeah, yeah yeah Dave, yeah. This is stunning stuff. It, it's pretty nuts. So so let's uh, let's kind of wrap this back together. Sure. Right? Um, the police had permission from the court. This was a legal wiretap. They were allowed to do this under the authority of a judge. But it is pretty uh, it is pretty stunning when you get that reveal and realize. I was having what I perceived to be a private conversation with somebody, and in this case, uh, you know, journalistically, a source. Right. And uh, you were not alone on that phone call. So, um, you know, Paul and I talked a little bit about this um, because it is a very rare thing to see uh, records from a wiretap like this. Absolutely. What you described before I showed that to you is basically what that says. Yeah, and uh, so they were listening close to everything that— Wow. So, it, again, it's kind of like, uh, I, I don't know if I'm supposed to be angry. I, 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 part of me feels like I'm supposed to be. Because I, I personally wasn't doing anything wrong, but I do know that I was speaking with somebody who was at the center of an extremely active investigation. Yet, yet in yeah. this moment, he is also a source for you as a journalist. True. Yeah. Oh, hadn't thought about it in that way. That bothers me. Because what it, what happens if it happens to be a source that, say, has dirt on a government official and wants to be a whistleblower, and the police can go ahead and listen in? How many how many calls are we talking about? And also, I want to hear about authority. Time is tight, but, uh, yeah, but I have yeah. so many questions. Yeah. Now, now that I'm in this, <laughs> <laughs> suddenly it becomes real. Yeah. Uh, we're talking hundreds of calls. So this was a, a wiretap that, as far as we know, based on the records, was operational for about two months. And uh, the pages that we've gone through include hundreds of calls, mostly between the Powells themselves, but also members of the media, um, and authority is, is an interesting question. We actually probably won't have time to get to it here, but I talked to a, a law professor up at the University of Utah who did talk about, you know, 
the the federal law. You have a Fourth Amendment right against uh, unreasonable search and seizure. And listening to private uh, communication is a, it, it is a government search. And so there are strict rules that uh, are laid out. There's actually a law, the Wiretap Act, that Congress passed right. to try to uh, limit the police authority on this. In this specific case, we know that the government was listening in the hopes of finding Susan Powell's body. And uh, there were some interesting pieces that came out of that that have never been publicly reported that are in this new uh, episode of Cold. Dave Cauley, the host of the Cold Podcast, uh, an update today, all stemming from these wiretaps. I don't know. I don't know what to say to you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, th- this is stunning. And I'll tell you what. I'll be pouring over this, trying to learn every little bit, uh, trying to remember that conversation. It must have been when I was working for Doug Wright. Yeah. Uh, I think that's uh, the, the way that timing lines up. Uh, Dave Cauley, outstanding work. Thank you so much. The podcast available now, Cold, on the KSL News Radio app, powered by Any Hour Services or wherever you download podcasts. Quick break. When we return, I have an update from the Utah Department of Health. Also, we're going to be speaking with the Utah Sheriff's Association about some tweaks to the law. If you find yourself engaged in rioting, the penalty may be increasing soon here in the state of Utah. That's all ahead on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.